power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Just close your eyes, begin to bless the name of the Lord. Just give him glory, give him praise. In heaven and on earth, there is none like unto thee. You are worthy of our praise. You sit upon the circles of the earth. Heaven is your throne and the earth is your footstool. Lord, we give you glory. We give you praise. We bless your holy name. Mighty art thou, O Lord. Glorious is your name. Lord, we bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We give you glory. We give you praise. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory. We give you praise. Indeed, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Lord, we are gathered today and it's in no other name but in the name of Jesus. For your word says, whatever two or three are gathered in your name, you are there in their midst. Holy Spirit, we ask that you shall take absolute control. As I'm about to speak your word, may I not speak of my own accord. I may I speak as you grant me utterance. By virtue of the fact that I am a blood-born citizen of the kingdom of God, I take authority in the realm of the spirit and I declare an injunction in the activity of the enemy. We declare the hearts and the minds of the people of God sanctified and made ready for them to have an encounter with their Father through the way. Take glory, Father. Take glory, Son. Take glory, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most excellent name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. We bless God for another Wednesday evening. And it's always a joy to bring the Word of God to you. Um... If you would notice, the past few Wednesdays I've been dwelling on the subject of the word, while on Sundays I deal with the subject of the Christian in the modern world. So tonight I'm continuing on that same trajectory. Um, The first of those Wednesdays, I literally made a case for why you should believe the Bible, why you should believe the word of God. And last week I spoke about the power of the word of God. But today, I want to take you through how to study the Bible. Hallelujah. Yes, because if we know we can believe the Bible, we can trust the Bible, and we know that it is powerful, what is contained in the Word of God is powerful, then we must know how to study it. Hallelujah. There are a lot of people who are not enjoying the Word of God because they don't know how to study it. And when you don't enjoy something, it is difficult to be consistent with it. Amen. We are using the wrong strategies. We are are simply doing it the wrong way. It is too random. It is not stratified and it's not strategic enough. But tonight, I'm trusting God that this word will change somebody's life. This word will change somebody's word steady life. This word will, will transform somebody's walk with God. And you see, these are things the devil will not want you to hear. So wherever you are, I want you to be attentive. And my prayer is that nothing will distract you from hearing what you have to hear tonight. 
Hallelujah. Now the Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 11, that thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The Bible also says in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2 that as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word of God. As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word of God. So the Bible is likening the word of God to milk now. And when you look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. This is the apostle Paul admonishing Timothy. He said, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. It says, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I pray that you have the grace to rightly divide the word of truth. Hallelujah. Yeah, The word of God is so necessary in our lives. Studying the word of God is a must in the life of every believer. As Peter said, as newborn babies, we must desire the sincere milk of the word of God. As you feed your body with breakfast, lunch, supper, in between things, we must not neglect our spirit man. Hallelujah. When you become born again, it is not your body that is born again. Otherwise, you would have turned into a baby in diapers at the altar when you give your life to Christ. So being born again doesn't mean you have become a baby physically. You are a baby in the spirit. Your spirit man is a baby. Hallelujah. And I've always said that when that spirit man becomes a baby, it doesn't mean your physical body has become a baby. And that is why people struggle. You still know all the bad things you used to know before you became born again. It's still you. It's your spirit man that has been transformed. And as the Bible says, the flesh is at war with the spirit of God that resides in our born again spirit. And so there is a conflict between a full grown body or flesh and a freshly born baby spirit. That is why sometimes the flesh ends up winning. It's because the flesh is stronger. But you must take yourself on an accelerated diet of growth, an accelerated growth regimen with the word of God to feed yourself with the word of God so that that growth discordance will be reversed hallelujah yes the bible says that the spirit is contrary to the flesh what it means is that they can never move in the same direction when the spirit is moving up the flesh will come down when the flesh is going up the spirit will come down they can never move in the same direction so as you pump yourself with the word you pump your spirit man with the word you feed your spirit man with the word you are growing in the spirit and your flesh and the desires of the flesh also come down automatically hallelujah Sometimes we struggle with the flesh because we are not digging into the word enough. We are not feeding on the word of God enough. So today I want to teach you how to study the word of God. It's a very, very simple message that if you apply, your life is never going to be the same again. Amen. All right. So when it comes to studying the word of God, there are some people who make it seem as if the Old Testament is not important. We are in the new covenant. So it is the New Testament that we should be reading. We should read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We should read the words of Jesus Christ and read the uh, words of Paul and all of those things. Yes, but the Old Testament is also very relevant. Hallelujah. 
the Old Testament gives the New Testament even more meaning. And the word of God or the words in the Old Testament are still very powerful. It still carries the spirit of God. It still carries the power of God. Amen. When Jesus was tempted of the devil, wasn't it the Old Testament he quoted? All the three scriptures he quoted were in Deuteronomy. When Satan said, turn this stone into bread, uh, I think in Luke chapter 4 verse 4. He told him, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Father. That was in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3. All the other two were all found in the book of Deuteronomy. And it was still powerful enough to ward off Satan. So if you quote Old Testament now, it still has power. It had power 2,000 years ago and it still has power today. Hallelujah. Even when he was on the cross in, in, in a dire moment, when he felt rejected, when he felt down physically, emotionally, spiritually, and he opened his mouth and said, My father, my father, why hast thou forsaken me? He was quoting Psalm 22 verse 1. Show me Psalm 22 verse 1. He said, My God, my God. And this was a song written by David. All right. He said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from the words of my groaning. So this is a song. So what I can imagine is Jesus being on the cross and he just remembers the lyrics of this song in a very difficult moment in his life. Hallelujah. So the Old Testament is still very, very relevant. Even when it comes to the Ten Commandments, some people say the Ten Commandments don't apply. I can show you scriptures in the New Testament that reflect the, the, the Ten Commandments. All of them, they are, they are parallels in the New Testament. There's no time. Maybe another time I'll do that for you. But the Old Testament is still relevant. You just have to understand the context in which some of the things are said for you to be able to put it into perspective. Hallelujah. So how do we study the Word of God? First, you must get the necessary Bible study materials. You must get the necessary Bible study materials. Now, you realize that the topic is not how to read the Word of God or how to read the Bible, but how to study the Bible. The Bible is not meant to be read. Many people are reading the Bible and that is why we are not seeing its power in our lives. We are not... Because you can easily read the Bible as a storybook because there are a lot of very nice heroic stories that make very beautiful movies. The story of the Exodus, one of my favorite movies of all time is the Ten Commandments. I mean, when Moses led them, I mean, so powerful. You can watch a movie on David and Goliath. You can make a whole Hollywood blockbuster movie that can win an Oscar (laughs) on the stories in the Bible. There are people of other religions who read the Bible and they enjoy the stories. But it is more than just stories. Hallelujah. You must study the word of God. You don't just read it. A lot of people just try to satisfy themselves that they are doing something. Now to that, the Bible doesn't have to be a big, heavy, leather-bound book. But It can be found on your very slim, yes, a soft copy of the the Bible on your tablet and whatever. Oh, you are just in a car and let me just rush through and satisfy my conscience. Ah, Actually, today I've read my Bible. So if somebody asks you, have you read your Bible today? You say yes, with a clear conscience that you haven't lied. But that is not how the Bible is meant to be dealt with. Hallelujah. It's meant to be studied. Studying means you are you have time you make time for it you sit down it's not done on the go and you should you should be intentional about it 
and to do that to study you need study materials if you're a student you don't go to school empty-handed you have study materials you have things that help you to study and so you must get the necessary study materials one of them is a notebook and a pen if you get a notebook and a pen where you write things that you have learned from what you have read it it makes your study more meaningful that is when you say you are studying it if you are just reading it as a story and you know this is a, there'll be no need to write but you need a notebook and a pen very very important for you to say you are studying the word of god you need a notebook and a pen secondly you need a good bible and the emphasis is on a good bible you see um the type of bible you are reading can determine whether or not you enjoy reading it it's not everybody who does well with king james english they've tried to do the new king james english which is a little more contemporary and better understood and there are some people too they are very very fine with the king james english don't think that the fact that you are using king james means you are very very spiritual because you could be confusing yourself Especially when it comes to Paul's epistles in King James, sometimes it's difficult to make sense out of it. You need to go to a more contemporary uh, translation like NLT and NIV. I mean, some of those ones and all to make you understand it better. Don't think because uh, somebody you look up to always quotes King James. So me too, Charlie, then that is the right way to go. Hallelujah. Yeah. Choose one that is easy for you to understand. Choose one that is, is nice for you to read. Amen. Get a good Bible. And when I say a good Bible, every Christian must invest in a good Bible. Hallelujah. You must invest in a good Bible. You know, there are Bibles that are free, but most of the time it's just raw like that. One of the the institutions in this world I respect the most is Gideon's International. Gideon's International, they've distributed Bibles worldwide they have this blue small new testament with psalms and proverbs inside yeah anybody who knows god has had an encounter with one or two of those things before yes it's, it's, it's powerful i read the story of a sudanese southern sudanese young man of 24 years old he got born again and his society like most of them were not christians and stuff in fact christianity was being persecuted in the part of the world where he was living and this 24 year old boy just read a new testament gideon's international new testament and got born again he got converted as a result of that and with that new testament he was able to plant a church with a membership of 400 people and the whole church of 400 people were sharing that one new testament bible that means if you read it today, Charlie, tomorrow, give it to me. Let me go and read more. One New Testament Bible built a church of 400 people. One day, the fundamentalists just rushed on them while they were meeting in church, gunned all of them down, and the pastor died. Just like that. But these are people, martyrs of the faith. One New Testament has built a church of 400. If he had the whole Bible, he would build a mega church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So, I mean, I thank God for Gideon's International. But you see, the thing is that we've gotten to a place where you need a little more information. 
The Gideon's International gives it to you raw as it is. But now there are Bibles that people have done some research, some more research, and they give you some background information that helps you. Now, why am I saying this? In my second point, the first point I'm making is the fact that you have to get the necessary Bible study materials. But in the second point, um, on my third point, I'll talk about the study itself. And you see, maybe let me merge the first point and the third point so that uh, it will be easy to understand. The reason why you need a good Bible, a good Bible, with a good Bible, I mean a Bible that gives you some background information, a Bible that um, probably has some commentary and, and, and things like that. You need to be able to understand the setting in which the thing was written for you to be able to interpret well. You see, in your study, sir, there are three main points we are looking at here. We are looking at observation, we are looking at interpretation, and then application. Observation is what are you seeing? What are you reading? What are you seeing? What is in front of you? Interpretation is how you understand what is in front of you. And then application is how do you apply it to your own life and life in general? That is the study. All right. For you to be effective with these things, there are five questions you need to answer. The question of the who, the question of the what, the question of the where, the question of the when, and the question of the why. I'll explain. And all of these things are explaining why you need Bibles and materials that give you further information. Observation, interpretation, application observation what are you seeing what is the bible saying interpretation how do you understand what you are seeing and then application how do you apply it to real life and your own life for you to achieve this you have to answer the question of the who the what the where the when and the why the who who wrote what you are reading what what was happening at the time under what circumstances did the person write what he was writing the where where was that particular scripture written when at what point in time was it written and then why what was the purpose of that particular writing these are some of the things that a bible that has just raw information will not give you don't get me wrong the raw information is the most important thing but these ones are additives that help you to understand the raw information and the Bibles that give that kind of information, sometimes you need to spend a little money to get them. All right? Because when you have this kind of information, it gives you the background of what is being said. It makes your observation easier. It makes your interpretation easier. And it makes your application much, much easier. All right? So a good Bible is very, very important. One such Bible I recommend to you is the Dix Annotated Reference Bible. It's one of the best Bibles you get around. A lot of work went into it. The one who wrote it, the man called Dick himself, had this unique supernatural ability to memorize scriptures. Apparently, he could quote scriptures he hasn't even deliberately memorized. You see, you when you even deliberately try to memorize, you can't reproduce. He, even without deliberately trying to make he can quote verbatim it was a gift given to him from above 
and so he was able to take scriptures and link them and and stuff like that if you are using a dick's bible for bible study you realize that it can even take you one hour to read one verse because they'll give you references here and there by the time you are finished with one verse you've gone to other verses they can give you when they talk about 20 shekels you're, you right now a shekel you don't really understand what the shekel means you you can't you know conceptualize the whole thing but digs can give you the value of 20 shekels in us dollars so that you can take your calculator and then bring it into ghana cities and you understand when they say this man was sold for 30 pieces of silver they'll bring it into modern day currency so that you can also bring it to your currency and understand that hey this guy collected 30 pieces of silver to do this bad thing you you understand it better the whole thing is conceptualized when you can appreciate the thing like this it's easier for you to stick into your mind hallelujah say 20 shekel shekel okay shekel shekel it's just shackling your mind like that but if you understand that this is its value in cities or in dollars it sticks into your mind better hallelujah yeah that is why everybody must invest in a good bible some of them will come with bible maps so they say when they talk about jesus needs pass through samaria you can see the map you see judea you see samaria and how they will go and cross the river jordan because they don't want to pass through samaria go and cross the river twice before moving into judea because they don't want to have anything to do with the samaritans and the bible said jesus had to pass through samaria it will let you appreciate what was going on well some of paul's journeys when you take the map you see this is where ephesus is this is where you know tithera is and that 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 you say oh okay then it, it makes you appreciate the word of god better hallelujah so you need good materials to help you to study the word you need a concordance the concordance is supposed to have all the words in the bible so there are times maybe you want to find all the scriptures on the subject of love or something some of these big things can help you there are bibles that have been arranged topically so if you want to study on faith the scriptures that are on faith or the stories that were told that depict faith and all of that it helps you to appreciate what you are doing better amen so you must get the necessary bible study materials very very important and you see one type of concordance one concordance i'll recommend for you is strong's concordance i'm sure most of you have heard about it when we talk about okay and the greek word for this is that and the hebrew word for this is that i mentioned to you in my first preaching on this um, series on the word that the old testament was written in hebrew and a bit of aramaic and the new testament was written in greek right the king james bible is a translation from the original um languages in which the scriptures were written so the old testament that you see in king james they took the original hebrew and translated it into english the new testament they took the original greek and translated it into english but you see sometimes in translation there are certain words in one language and you will not find the exact replica 
in the English language. And so sometimes because of language differences and language barriers, it may be difficult to get the exact picture of what the person was trying to say unless you go to the original itself. Hallelujah. That is why something like Strong's Concordance is important. When you go to the original, it can give you... So this is the Hebrew word that was used. The original word that was used here. When they say it's only begotten son. What the Greek word for begotten was. And they'll give you the meanings of the word begotten. So that, okay, so this is what it means and everything. It gives you a better appreciation of what you are reading. Hallelujah. Yes, so get the necessary Bible study materials to set the stage. Set the stage for your study. You must be intentional about studying the word. It shouldn't be something that just, you know, comes. You must have planned for it. That, okay, I'm using 30 minutes of my morning to study the word of God. You must be intentional about it. Set the stage. Setting the stage means preparing your mind. And of course, you must say a prayer before you start. Because it's the Holy Spirit who will interpret the word of God for you. It's the Holy Spirit who breathes upon the word and make it come alive in you. Hallelujah. So prepare your mind, prepare your heart, and prepare the environment where you are reading the word. There shouldn't be some unnecessary loud music somewhere that would distract you. That's why we call it quiet time. And that is why it is best early in the morning when those who are likely to make noise are all asleep. And you are awake and you are communing with God. So the environment must be set. The stage must be properly set for you to... um, to read the word and and to study the word all right so as i've said observation interpretation application you answer the question of who what where when and then why let me give you an example of what i'm talking about whether who what where and when and why um is concerned let me pick a scripture like second timothy 1 7 1 7 second timothy 1 7 so I've not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Now, so the question of the who, it was Paul, all right? Paul wrote this particular one, okay? What were the circumstances under which he wrote it? The church was facing serious persecution. Theologians call it the Neronian persecution, and the Nero. They were killing a lot of Christians. They were persecuting a lot of Christians. And... Like life was very dangerous for Christians at that particular point in time. Where did he write it? He wrote it in prison. So Paul was on death row. He was about to be executed. Okay? You realize that when you know some of these things, the scripture makes more sense to you. He was on death row. He knew he was going to die very soon. He was going to be executed very soon. When? It was between 66 AD, 67 AD. That means uh, less than 100 years after Christ had died. That was when this happened. And then why? What was the essence of that thing that he wrote? It was to encourage Timothy in the face of persecution for him to develop endurance. Hallelujah. So now that you know this background, for God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. It makes more sense to you now. This is somebody who is about to die. You are in a situation where all around you, Christians are being killed. People are being persecuted. People are losing their lives. People are being fed to lions. People are being beheaded. Some of the apostles, they said they tied them to a a, a horse and dragged their body through town. So that friction bends will, will just 
kill them as they are dragging you you are getting sauce and you are dying and all sorts of things happening so when he writes this to timothy you can understand the context that look build endurance anything is possible but just make sure you don't entertain fear hallelujah yeah so those are some of the things you, you must do getting the background information it helps you to understand what it is that you are reading better all right so you observe what has been said you try and interpret it understand what has been written and that is where the interpretation is where you need a good version of the bible for yourself a version of the bible that you can relate to whose language you can relate to otherwise you can't interpret what has been said all right if it is a lot of thou and thee and there's a part of king james they say he would not apparently what means to know that's why you get the word wait <laughs> you would not you will look at the what not and wonder what kind of English is this and you are there you will stay on the what 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 time will be up and you wouldn't have learned anything but if you go to another version he will tell you he knew not or he did not know I say aha okay now I understand what I'm reading and then you move on alright so the interpretation bit is important for you to get a version of the Bible you are comfortable with alright and then the application the application how does this then apply to real life? Alright, you read in between the lines. Okay, so if this person did this and God was angry, that is how I know that God hates this thing. Somebody killed somebody and God was angry with him. Okay, then it shows me that God doesn't like killing. So if I go and kill somebody, God will be annoyed with me. Alright applying it to your real life so it's not just about reading the stories and you know enjoying the stories and then moving on there's more to it than just that point number four memorize chosen scriptures memorize chosen scriptures keep the scriptures in your head you should be able to rattle the scriptures you should be able to to speak the word of god hallelujah memorize the scriptures joshua chapter 1 verse 8 Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. It said, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Out of thy mouth means you should be speaking it. Because it's not like you eat it in your mouth or something like that. When he says out of your mouth, he's talking about speaking it. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So one of the surest ways of being prosperous in life, and when we say prosperous, it's not just money. Alright? When the Bible says, I desire above all things that you might prosper and be in good health, the prosperity there doesn't, it's not just money. Prosperity is not just money. Alright? So one of the ways of being prosperous or being successful in life is for you to read the word know it and meditate upon it hallelujah if you stay in the word you can't be a failure in life you will be successful in life hallelujah you'll be successful in life so that is what the bible is saying in joshua chapter 1 verse 8 you need to know the word of god you need to be able to quote the word of god may you be a quota 
of the word of God. Hallelujah. Yeah, you speak the word and when you release the, the, the scripture, you even give NIV, you give KJV, you give RSV, and give every V in this world because you are a walking Bible. You need to make time to memorize the word of God. And that is where a lot of people have problems. Funny enough, this world, the things we want to keep in our head, we can't keep. And the things we don't want to keep in our head, they are the ones that are freely running around in our sockeye and gyri in our head. And they're freely. The things that we really, really, really want to keep in our head is, is, is difficult. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll show you some methods of memorizing scripture. Very, very simple things that if you apply, it will help you if you apply it will change your life. Hallelujah. Yeah. You see, sometimes the difficulty with memorizing scriptures or the reason why you can't memorize scriptures is because you are trying to memorize. <laughs> that, that is the difficulty with some people. You see, it's not everybody who has that natural ability to memorize things. Those who have the natural ability to memorize things, when they try to memorize, they can memorize. But there are very simple, practical ways of being able to memorize scriptures. And I want to show you some. One of them is keeping the scriptures in front of you. What am I talking about? Before I go to the methods, everybody must aim to memorize at least one scripture a week. At least. Alright? At least. At the very least. That means by the time one year is over, you have 52 scriptures. I mean, it's not much, but it's better than what you have right now. If you will be honest with yourself. Some people, John 3, 16, crap, is a problem. <laughs> they say a, a church, and there's this man there who speaks very, very big English. They say everybody should go scripture. When it got to him, he said, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Go <laughs> scripture, twinkle, twinkle, little star. I had another person too. An elder in the church, they assumed elder knew Bible. So they were doing Bible quotation. Is a and it was a tree speaking church. So this one said Yohani Asempa. This everything Asempa. When he got to him, he said Judas and Semboni. Because for him, Judas can never say Asempa. He's a bad man. <laughs> so he can never say Asempa. May that not be your story in Jesus' name. Yeah. So at least try and memorize one scripture a week. When I show you these methods, you realize that even more than one a week is possible. You can even do one a day after a while. The first method is keeping the scriptures in front of you, seeing the scriptures. Some people, their memory is visual. It's like they relate to the things they see better. All right. What do I mean by keeping the scriptures in front of you? You can write them on these small sticker things. If you decide that this week, it is John 3.16, I am memorizing. Stick it in front of your mirror by your bedside on the, what do you call it, cover of your book, like places, vantage points where you will see it. And anytime you see it, try and read it out audibly. Try and say it. You realize anytime your eyes meet it, like that, that is the, the decision you make. Anytime your eye meets the thing, you just try and read it. You realize that after you've done it for a while, it will be easy to reproduce that scripture. And the trick with learning to memorize scriptures is that start with the shorter ones first. 
Don't go and try doing any long things. When you are beginning, try short on and Jesus wept. So when you quote and Jesus, you feel happy that I've done something and it, it is encouraging. You are encouraged to do more. But you go and attempt to memorize some very long scripture and you are saying it and you know it's some way it's it's discouraging. And Satan will tell you that this is this thing you're doing, it's not your ministry. Find somewhere and sit and allow those who have been called to be walking Bibles to continue to do that. And you to out of discouragement, you say, Yes, Satan. Then <laughs> you agree to what he has said. So start with the shorter ones first. Hallelujah. Yeah. So you stick it and you just or some people use flashcards. So you write the scripture and then a, at any point in time in the day you look at it. But the key thing is reading it out, saying it out. If in a day you said this thing about 30 times, the following day you do the same thing by day three, you realize you don't even need to see it again. And you'll be able to rattle the scripture. Alright, that is one method. Keeping the scriptures in front of you. Seeing it all the time. Number two, which I believe is very effective. Which if you try, you will give a testimony that it's, it's help. You see, our generation, we are blessed with so much technology. And we need to start making use of this technology. Sometimes I wonder what the, the first century church would have done if they had access to some of the things we have now. Can you imagine Jesus having access to Facebook? Or Paul having a YouTube channel? Just just think, I'll go and sleep over it and think about it. What those people would have done. And sometimes I shudder to think of the fact that we are all going to stand in front of God for judgment. The judgment seat of Christ. We are all going to stand. Look at what Paul was able to achieve without aeroplane across countries. I don't think there was bicycle car there was no bicycle <laughs> they were able to do so look look at the the amount of technology at our disposal <laughs> so much technology at our disposal the second method if you apply it i believe it will help you and what is this when you decide on the scripture you want to memorize for the week decide on which version you want kjv whatever write it out and read it out and while you when you are reading it record your voice record your voice on your phone now almost everybody has a smartphone right it's 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 now an accepted thing even if it's not a smartphone i'm sure it, it will have a recording device one way or the other all right record your own voice speaking that scripture and as you go during the day so when you record it you label it. So this one is John 3.16. It's on your phone. As you are going throughout the day, be listening to yourself saying that thing and try and be saying it along. You see, there's a reason why you can sing a whole song of four or five verses. But it's difficult for you to quote five continuous verses like that. Why? It's because you keep hearing the song and you keep attempting to sing along. That's how the choir people learn this song. They will miss the words one or two, three, four, like that. By the time they've done it a number of times, they become used to it. That same method can be applied to scriptures. It's the same brain. You can do verse one, verse two, verse three, verse one. You can sing all of them, hopefully. <laughs> and it's not really like you made a very strong effort to, to memorize. It's because you keep hearing it and you attempt 
So this one is not just a matter of the hearing, but also attempting to speak along with it. And this one is just one short verse, and it is your own voice. So if you're in your car, you can put it on, play through the speakers, put it on repeat. Say, say, say. That's what I'm saying. That's one of the method. If you use, you can even do one a day. The more you attempt to speak along, the more you attempt to speak at the time, you realize it's become a normal part of you. Repetition. That's how children memorize. Children are very good at memorizing things. Their rhymes and things. Do you think they understand what they are saying? Blah, blah, black sheep. It was when I grew <laughs> that I understood <laughs> what they were saying in those things. And some of even their play songs and things like that. It was when we grew up that we understood. We were saying some things. Lord Peter, Lord Peter, Lord Peter, Lord. I, I, I grew before I got to know. They say I dropped it, I dropped it, I dropped it. Aha! Uh-huh. Some of you are saying, hey. you are saying, hey, Lord Peter, Lord Peter, Lord. Aha! Peter sent a letter to my lover, but on the way I dropped it. Aha! Uh-huh. Something, something like that. We're singing all sorts of languages. It was one group, but we chewed it as children because of the method of repetition. Mm-hmm. We chewed it because of the method of repetition. If we apply the same, we will know a lot of scriptures. Record your voice. It will take just a few seconds to do it. You have a phone. You have earpieces. Put it on repeat. Be playing it. And be trying to say it along. Within a short time, you realize you can just quote the scripture like that. Hallelujah. That is one, one method. And then the third method is scripture memorization apps, which Paul and Cody didn't have. Applications. When you go to Play Store, Apple Store, there, you find them there. And they are free. They are free. I'll give you three of the best ones I've seen. One of them is called Scripture Typer. They have very innovative ways of making you memorize the scripture. So first they'll write it and then they'll ask you to write the first letters in the sentence. And then later it's like they'll take words out and stuff like that. It's like a game. So instead of spending time on temple run, which will not add anything to the temple of God, <laughs> spend the time doing some of these things and it will benefit your spirit. Hallelujah. As you are sitting down, as you can leave your phone, you use it for something beneficial. They'll leave the words, the spaces, and then you fill it, and then they'll give you marks and stuff like that. You know, by the time you realize you know the word of God, it's just there. Scripture typer. There's one called Bible Memory. When you go to Play Store, Bible Memory, Remember Me. That's it. Bible Memory, colon, Remember Me. It's also a very, very good one. Another one is called the Bible Versus Memorization Game. So instead of playing games that won't add anything to your life, will not add any value to your life, download some of these things. Some of you, when, when we finish this uh, sermon, immediately download it. Hallelujah. Download and start using a scripture typer. Type. Scripture typer. Bible memory. Colon, remember me. And then Bible versus memorization game. Go in. And there are more. So you you read through the description of the thing when you when you type Bible uh, memorization apps, so many of them will come up. Maybe there are others that will suit your your style better. Go through these things and download them. Just eleven uh, megabytes. So how much data is it going to take? Use data for all sorts of things, all kinds of things. Use it for something beneficial. Hallelujah. Yeah, 
and they are, they are all free apps there. So in your free time, when you can't take your hands off your phone, you at least take it and go to those applications and be learning some scriptures here and there. All right. We need to know the word of God because Colossians chapter 3 verse 16, the Bible says, let the word of God dwell richly in you. Richly in you. You, if you take your life as Milo, right? And Peter has likened the word of God to milk. He says, let the work, that means milk. No? <laughs> yes, my milk, you understand? Some people, when they do milk, they are pepper, one tablespoon, sure. And the milo is not nice. That's why your life is not nice. Your life is not succulent because the word of God is not dwelling richly in you. Pour the milk. Don't be economical with it. Hallelujah. Let the word of God dwell richly in you in all wisdom. That is all Paul is saying. So that when we press you, it is the word that comes out. When life presses you, it is the word that comes out. When the devil presses you, it is the word that comes out. And that is what happened with Jesus. The devil tried to press him small. Word came out. And when the devil presses you and word comes out, he can't stand. Hallelujah. He has to flee. He has to run away. I pray that the word of God will dwell in you richly. And the fifth and the last point, which for me is the most important, is that meditate on the word of God. I told you the last time that the intended destination for the word of God is in your spirit. It has to enter your spirit. That is where the active form really comes out. You see, I told you that that the word of God can be sent. And the reason you can send the word of God is that the Bible says the word of God is alive. I can send my son because he's alive. And it's not just because the word of God is alive. The Bible says it is active. If you are alive and you are paralyzed, how can I send you? You are in bed, you can't move. How can I say? But thank God the word of God is active. It is active. So you can send it. And it's not just active. It's not just alive. It's not just active. But it's also sharp. Hallelujah. That is why we can send the word. That is why we can post the word. For it to accomplish things even before we get there. Amen. And the word of God is most powerful when it is coming out of our spirits. I've given you this analogy before. That I can hold bullets in my hands. Bullets are very dangerous things. I can hold bullets in my hands. And aim at somebody's forehead and throw with all my strength. The best it can do is to just cause a few bruises on the person's forehead. So where the bullet is coming from is important. So if you liken the word of God to bullets... Where it is being fired from is important. You can fire the word of God and it's only coming out of your mouth. It will just cause bruises. But if you load the word in the barrel of your spirit man and you are firing the word from your spirit, imagine the same bullets. Instead of hands, I put it in a pistol and I fire at the same forehead. It will not be bruising matter. It will be dead men. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let the word of God enter your spirit. And the way the word of God enters your spirit is through meditation. Meditation. Many people have missed out on the true power of the word of God simply because we are not learning to meditate upon the word of God. We just read it and that is it. But you must spend time meditating upon the word of God. That was what Joshua was told. That is the key to success. That is the key to being prosperous. 
to meditate upon the word of God for it to enter your spirit. Hallelujah. The word for meditate in that scripture, which we've already read, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, is the Hebrew word Hagar. I don't know whether it's Hagar or Hagar, but it's Hagar. All right. And it means so many things. It means to imagine. I'm trying to show you how to meditate upon the word of God. So you say we should meditate, meditate, but how do we do it? Your idea of meditation is what the Buddhists do when they sit down and they cross their legs and, and things like that. It's talking about imagining. So that is when you are turning the word of God around. Alright? In your mind. Imagining different scenarios. I'll take a particular scripture and break it down. You see, meditation is like the process of breaking down the word. It's like digesting the food for it to be easily absorbed. When somebody has meditated upon a word and he's preaching it to you, it's easy for you to just receive it into your spirit like that. Hallelujah. When, when you are listening to somebody who has meditated upon what he's telling you, you will know. Because the thing has been broken down into highly absorbable levels. So, it's like it enters straight into your system. It's like, you see, the antibiotics, we have the oral form. I take the oral form, it will take like two hours or so before you start seeing the effect. But there is the intravenous one, which has already been broken down. And it enters straight into the bloodstream. You come back 30 minutes later and the temperature has started crashing already. Because the thing has been broken down and it's, it's just been given to you like that. In the same way, when, when somebody has meditated upon the word of God and broken it down and he's given it to you, that is when you feel the word of God in your spirit. That time somebody speaks a certain word and you feel a certain stirring in your spirit. You feel a certain excitement in your spirit. It's because the word has been broken down and it has entered straight into your spirit. Hallelujah. You don't even need to, to think about it too much. You don't even need to, to process it too much. The thing just goes straight into your spirit like that. And it comes through meditation. Imagining the word. So the word Hagar means to imagine. It means to study. It means to devise. It means to matter. It means to growl. The growl is what the dog does when it's beginning to get agitated that thing the dog does and then the final interpretation of the word is a roar a roar that is the, the roar of a lion so what he's saying is that you take the word you imagine it so let me use let's say Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 for example Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 let's take Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 let me show you how to break it down how to break it down in your mind how to you can meditate upon it all right and you see while you are meditating upon the word god will give you your own unique understanding of it a certain rhema where that thing is concerned ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 the bible is saying now unto him that is able to do this is a scripture we all know unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us so you take this scripture you start imagining you start meditating upon it, you start turning it around so the bible is saying unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think so it means god is able to do more than not just what i can ask him but there are times that i don't even ask but i think 
and God is able to do it. I'm sure you have had situations in your life where God has done things for you. You never opened your mouth to say, you just thought it. I have thousands of testimonies like that. You just thought it. You wished it in your mind. The Bible here is telling that he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly. That means if you think car, God can give plain. Exceedingly. So this is the process. You are breaking the word down and realize that it begins to well up a certain excitement in you because now it is entering your spirit. If you think car, God can do plain. If you think a house, God can do an entire estate. Exceedingly, abundantly, far above that which we ask or think. So that means there's a possibility I can just think it. I can just imagine it. I can just believe it in my heart. And God can do it. And the last part is, according to the power that worketh in us. So he's being able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above what I can ask or think, has a rate determining step, which is that it is according. According means like, is the determinant according to the power that is at work in us we are not talking about according to his power in heaven but the power that is at work in you you the one that you are reading the thing it is according the rate at which he is able to do exceedingly abundantly far above what you can ask or think is according to that power and that power yes we all christians have it but that power has to be at work the power must be an active power. The power must be a power that is not dormant. Hallelujah. And one of the aspects of the power of God that is at work in us is his word. God will not do anything outside his word. So when we are talking about the power that is at work in us, it's talking about how much of the word of God we have in us. And this scripture is talking about a power that is at work, a power that is active. So the word must be active And for the word to be active It has to be in your spirit Hallelujah You see what I've done right now I've broken the scripture down I have digested it And it's ready to enter the spirit That is meditation You have broken the word You've not just taken it whole like that and swallowed You have broken it down into smaller pieces Take a word and meditate upon the word What could this mean? So I took abundantly, far above. I took the word um, ask or think. Probably you've never even thought of it that way. That, you know, you can just think about a thing and God will do it. And all of these things come as a result of meditation. My prayer for you is that you will be an addict of meditation upon the word of God. Because it is when you meditate upon the word of God that you release the active power in it. There are certain drugs, when you take them, unless they get into your liver... The active form of the drug will never come out. And the word of God is like that. Until it has entered your spirit, the active form of the word of God will not come out. It is your spirit man that releases. It's because the spirit of God resides inside your spirit. When the word enters your spirit, the active part, the, the, the power that, that works is released in the word of God. That is why the word of God can deliver people from situations. That is why the word of God can change people's lives. So you realize they said, imagine. Meditate means imagine. It means steady. It means device. It means matter. You realize that some of these things, when you are meditating at a point, you, you, you literally be speaking to yourself. You be speaking to yourself unconsciously, muttering it. And then it becomes a growl. That means at this time, an agitation is happening in your spirit. I'm sure you've had experience where you've read a certain scripture and it's like, you know, something is just boiling in you. 
and at a point it literally becomes a roar where you open your mouth and say i cannot be a failure i cannot forsake again i will not commit this sin again this thing is not going to happen again i am victorious you roar it out like a lion the bible says the righteous man is as bold as a lion hallelujah that is meditating upon the word of god and i pray that god will give you the grace to start meditating upon his word there is so much this word of god contains there's so much we can achieve with the word of god and many of us are missing out on it one because we are not studying the word we are just reading the word be intentional about studying the word look there must be a structure to your, your Bible study. You don't just get up and open the word, the Bible. And, oh God, whatever you have for me, just say it. That sort of thing. Have a structure. If you are reading chapters, and you say, I'm reading three chapters a day, do three chapters. It must be systematic. When it's systematic, it's easy to be consistent. When it's just haphazard, it's easy for you to miss it. A lot of people think devotionals are only for baby believers. But that is a very, very big lie. It helps to put structure to what you are doing. When you read, oh, today, so-so-and-so, October, blah, 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 you look forward to what they will say the next day. It puts structure to what you are learning. Or you can decide to do topical studies. So I'm doing a study on faith. So you look for scriptures that are on faith with a certain guidance and you study. Or you are doing a character study. I'm taking Joseph. What are the things I can learn from, from Joseph? All right? The study of the word must be intentional it must be structured and you must have the materials that are necessary to make you enjoy studying the Bible and for you to be able to put things into perspective and then get into the habit of memorizing scripture it is beautiful when you can quote the word of God not for showmanship but so that when situations come you can speak to the situations, hallelujah for me yes, if you try and you can't it's, it's better to paraphrase but with the same spirit than for you not to be able to say anything at all at least put in the effort. I've given you different methods. The applications are there. The looking at the word, like writing and looking at it is there. And then recording your voice and listening to it and trying to speak to it. With time, you realize you are a walking Bible. I pray that God will give you that grace in the name of Jesus. That the word of God will dwell richly in you. Finally, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7. I've said so many things today. But this is what I'm living with. Second Timothy chapter 2. It says, think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. And that is my prayer for you. That you will think about the things that I've said. The points that I've made. The methods that I've given unto you. Some of you will go in and download those, those applications after this sermon. Others too will do in Yeah, I will not do it. But may the Lord have mercy upon all of us. Yeah, because there are times when situations come in life, it is your depth in the word of God that will see you through. People complain, I don't hear the voice of God. God, God, the primary means by which God speaks to us is through his word. Everything he has to say to us has already been said through his word. So sometimes all he will do is to quicken a certain scripture in you. And that is God saying that this is the answer to the situation. So what happens when you don't have any word in your spirit? You don't have any word in your mind. You don't know anything. You continue to make mistakes in life. You continue to take wrong turns. You continue to make wrong decisions. But I pray that that will be far away from you. And my prayer for you tonight is that God 
will raise an appetite for the word like never before. The Bible says, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, and they shall be filled. I pray that you will hunger for the word like never before in the name of Jesus. The written word, the, 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 the preached word of God, that you can't go a day without the word of God. I want you to pray for yourself wherever you are. That Lord, increase my appetite for your word. Growth is dependent on appetite. When you see children who have stunted growth, most of the time it's because you need to sing for them before they eat. You need to pamper them before they eat. But those that have a healthy appetite, they go to weigh and everybody's excited to see them and they're asking their mother, what do you give to this child? That this child is looking so beautiful. That this child is looking so nice. You want to pray that, Lord, give me an appetite for your word like never before. A lack of appetite in the natural is indicative of sickness that is why we ask for anorexia whether you have anorexia or not when you come to the hospital in the same way the lack of appetite for spiritual things is an indication of spiritual sickness you want to pray that lord let that anorexia be taken away from me let that lack of appetite be taken away from me some people look at their bibles on their phones all the time but nothing moves them to even open it up to read some of them is leather-bound Bibles, paper Bibles in the room, but they have gathered dust over the years. All these materials I'm talking about, the concordances and all, there are people who have all of them, but they haven't touched them in a while. It is spiritual anorexia. It is a sign of spiritual sickness. But my prayer for you today is that God will heal you of that spiritual sickness. That God will touch you. The Spirit of God will touch you wherever you are right now. And bring an appetite for the word like never before in the name of Jesus. If you want to live a life of miracles, if you want to live a life of signs, if you want to live a life of wonders, if you want to live a successful life, the word of God must dwell in you richly. And my prayer for you today is that God will give you an appetite for the word like never before. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this word that has come forth. My prayer tonight is that you give your people the grace to be doers of this word in particular. I pray that any form of inertia that prevents your people from being consistent in the word of God, let it be taken away right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let your Holy Spirit touch your people and well up an excitement and an appetite for your word like never before in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I pray that from this moment, when they open the word, they will enjoy imbibing your words of life that you have spoken unto us in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And for that person that needs a specific word for the situation that she's going through, I pray that your Holy Spirit will give that word to her within the next one hour. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God, the word that is active, the word that is sharp, the word that is alive, let it speak to that situation and bring her deliverance right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. Thank you, Lord, for touching your people. Thank you, Lord, that we are addicts of your word. Thank you, Lord, that we are meditating upon your word like never before. Take glory, Father. Take glory, Son. Take glory, Holy Spirit. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. In Jesus' most excellent name, I will pray with thanksgiving. Trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, 
reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Someone overflow!